play like we play. We be us. We be special. We smell greatness. We finish strong. From the top. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Big Easy Bets podcast. I'm your host, Logan, and with me in the studio, Nick Von Brick. Hello. Yes, this is Rashmar speaking. This is episode 36. Uh, on today's episode, we are going to talk about the NFL All-Decade team. Uh, we're going to give you our top three favorite Saints. We got asked that earlier, so we figured we'd toss out who our top three favorite are. Uh, we got a big breaking news update on UFC 249, and then after that, we are going to go in on... Um, the college football over-under win totals uh, for this coming season, which might be too early. Don't know if there's even going to be a season, but we're going to go in just a little bit. Uh, there's a few teams that Nick likes, and then we're going to go over LSU's schedule and uh, give our opinion on the over-under for their season. Um, but, yeah, so first things first, obviously everybody knows that the All-Decade team was released, and lo and behold, uh, to no surprise to anyone in New Orleans, Drew Brees was left off of this list. And it's just another another uh, addition to the long line of him being snubbed and getting no appreciation. What were your uh, what were your thoughts on this all decade team? Highway robbery. <laughs> yeah, no, that pretty much sums it up sums it up the uh, the best way possible. There's there's nothing he can do to get the credit that he deserves. I mean, the big knock on Drew Brees uh, in any argument has always been, well, he doesn't have an MVP award. And uh, Rogers, Aaron Rodgers was the one who got the nod on this list uh, with Tom Brady. So I decided to dive into the MVP race a little bit because um, that's the big thing that Rodgers has over Breeze is the MVP trophy. So back in 2009, when Peyton Manning won the MVP award, um, I, I went into those stats a little bit. So you've got uh, – Peyton Manning threw for 4,500 passing yards. Drew Brees threw for 4,388. So you got advantage Manning there. Uh, that's pretty much the only advantage that Manning had on the year because uh, after that you got completion percentage, Drew Brees 70.6, Peyton Manning 68.8. Touchdowns, Drew Brees 34, Peyton Manning 33. Interceptions, 11, which was always the big knock on Drew Brees that he turned the ball over too much. You got 11 interceptions for Brees. 16 interceptions for Peyton Manning. Quarterback rating, which is what gave Aaron Rodgers the trophy in 2011. 109.6 for Drew Brees, 99.9 for Peyton Manning. If you really break these stats down, you can make a better argument for Brett Favre to have the MVP trophy in 2009 over Peyton Manning. Drew Brees should have won it. Drew Brees outdueled Manning in the Super Bowl. I know the MVP trophy's given out before the Super Bowl. I'm just saying, clearly Drew Brees was the best player in the league this year and was the most valuable player so he should have at least one I would have gave it to Drew in 2011 call me a homer all yeah I get it Rogers set a record for the quarterback rating he did go on to win the Super Bowl so you got to give him credit there but Drew Brees set an NFL record for completion percentage with 71.2 percent and complete and yards passing in a season with 5,476 yards Rogers wins the MVP and Drew Brees is still without an MVP trophy uh two years ago if Mahomes doesn't throw for 50 touchdowns, um, Drew Brees would have won an MVP trophy at the age of 40. So the MVP trophy thing to me, that's a, that's a terrible excuse. I think that's a terrible excuse on uh, to knock Drew Brees for that. 
What are you? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, look, Drew Brees should have multiple MVPs. He's been robbed on multiple occasions. Um, it just seems like this the NFL has been rigged, rigged, rigging uh, against the Saints for since they started making watches. <laughs> Oh, yeah, so all the time, I think, is what you're looking yeah, for there. Yeah, since the beginning of time. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, I don't know. They're, we're the black sheep of the NFL, clearly. Um, and nobody gives a shit unless it's happening to their team. Once it starts happening to their team is when they get mad and they want to everybody. Then now it's not as funny as it was before. So uh, we've been dealing with this big time for the last three seasons, but we've been dealing with this ever since I've been a Saints fan. So... I don't know. Drew Brees doesn't catch me as a guy who cares about stats or accolades um, in comparison to Super Bowl trophies and rings. That's what he's after, and uh, that's why we need to get back. Everybody get healthy and uh, buckle up for another ride, and we can go off and let Drew get at least another one, join that uh, that elite list of quarterbacks with two Super Bowl rings. So, I don't know. Did you have any other discrepancies with the uh, all-decade team? Um. I guess if I had to make an argument for one other player other than Drew Brees, um, it would be A.J. Green. And A.J. Green started his NFL season, um, his his career in 2011, I believe. Uh, started off with seven straight Pro Bowl appearances. Uh, six 1,000-yard receiving seasons. So, I mean, but but you look at who, who got it in the receivers. Who who were the four receivers? It's Antonio Brown, Larry Fitzgerald, and Cal, Calvin Johnson and Julio Jones. So who are you taking off of that list? See, I don't know. That's a diff, that's that's where I run into a problem because I'm not quite sure if I could take one of those guys off either. It's like is is there a deserving uh, fifth spot for a wide receiver? Because you know they give a lot. They give a whole lot of um, defense. Like they add. So they got cornerback safeties and then they add defensive backs. So you got a total of truly eight defensive backs that make make this list, but you only you only get four wide receivers. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, no, I mean I think there should have been room for AJ Green there. Uh, what'd you say? Seven straight po- Pro Bowl seasons. Yeah, to start his career. Yeah, no, that's pretty impressive. I mean, you look at um, 2018, he gets injured. He doesn't make the Pro Bowl for the first time in his career. And then you look at 2019, which was his past season, injured the whole year. Battling injury all year, yep. So, I mean, hell of a start to the decade. Didn't finish it quite as well, but um, I don't know. To me, he deserved to get a look. And then Clay Matthews, he made a um, – he voiced his opinion that he de- he thought he deserved to be in. And, I mean, Clay Matthews in the decade had uh, six pro, pro Bowls and was a three-time All-Pro. He played outside linebacker. And also played inside linebacker during that period, uh, making it to the Pro Bowl at both of those positions. So I mean, no, yeah, with the Packers, Clay Matthews was a force. Yeah, to be so with. so you know maybe there's an argument for him, but then again, you look at who made these linebackers. You got Luke Keekley, not bet. Uh, he's not better than him. Uh, you look at Bobby Wagner, probably not better than Bobby Wagner. No, definitely not. Um, Patrick Willis ain't no, no chance. Way. Yeah, not a chance. Um, and then you look at the outside linebackers, which is what Clay Matthews really is. And um, Chandler Jones, I mean, he's a he was a good player, but, I mean, there could be argument for him not ma- making this list, in my opinion. 
Like if I saw Clay Matthews and I'd go spot, Clay Matthews probably yeah. over Chandler Jones. But then uh, the other two, you got Khalil Mack and Von Miller. Yeah, there's yeah. no taking those two out. Yeah. Now I I would you could definitely make an argument for uh, Clay Matthews over Chandler Jones. I would think Chandler Jones has been that guy. He's not like a a, a huge name guy, but he's always consistent. He's always getting you double digit sacks and this and that. Like so, I don't have an issue with it. Like it doesn't blow my hair back. But I would say that. If it were me, I would probably have Clay Matthews in that spot. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, really, I didn't have too much of an issue with the list, except the biggest issue of all was that they decided to leave Drew Brees off of it. You just can't. The guy ranks first in this decade in, I believe it's yards, touchdowns, uh, completion percentage, and something else, a quarterback rating probably. So um, he's first in every category, and he's at the top of the list of every single record. So – I just don't get it. I don't see what the deal is against Drew Brees. He's like a model citizen. Everybody should model themselves after Drew Brees. So, but hopefully we get the last laugh. We'll see what happens in this upcoming season. Um, All right, so top three favorite Saints of all time. Uh, We both agreed that we are going to leave Drew Brees off of this list because that's a given. Drew Brees is always going to be number one um, unless you're like 80. Um, so we'll go top three favorite saints, not counting Drew Brees. Go ahead and give me your first one. Are we going to go, um, starting with three or starting with one? We'll start with three. Okay. Number three is Joe Horn. You got Joe Horn at three. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So I have, so I did my one through three. Uh, when I first did it, my number one was Drew Brees, obviously. Um, And then I put in a little asterisk of who would have made my top three, and I wrote eight-year-old me, Sammy Knight. Yeah, Sammy Knight is on my list of honorable mentions. Sammy Knight, good night. I fucking loved Sammy Knight. It could be because his name's just badass. Yeah, it is a badass You're like, who's that? Oh, that's Sammy Knight. We've been going to the Saints game since since I was a little kid. My dad's diehard Saints fan. He's a funny guy. (laughs) <laughs> we walk into the um, Superdome every time you see a guy with a Sammy Knight a jersey. He's screaming out, "Sammy Knight, good night! You mess with the bull, you get the horns." <laughs> no, yeah, Sammy Knight was one of my favorite players, and that's what I'm saying. I, I was younger when Sammy Knight was playing. I'm not gonna lie. Um, that's why I put eight year old me, Sammy Knight, probably would have been top of my list, but. That very well could be just because his name his name's fucking badass. But he was a good he nah, was, a he good, was good He um, was. So is it like so at number three, I think is it is it dumb to go Steve Gleason? No, I don't think so. I just feel like the guy who's impact wise, I mean, I'll never forget where I was when he blocked that punt. We got his jersey hanging up right behind me. I saw his documentary in theaters like I don't know. I think I'm going Gleason at uh, number three. Yeah, I mean, it's one of the most iconic moments in franchise history. Yeah. Um, a big statement, you know. And really the start, like you said, I think you said this before, the start of a dynasty. Yeah. Yeah, no, no doubt. No, yeah, that was the that was the rebirth. That from then on, I mean, that was Sean Payton and Drew Brees' first game back in the Dome. They replayed that on ESPN of the day. And that's crazy to think about, that that was their first game in the Dome as a duo, like if you really think about it, all that success we had, and it just felt like it was coming. It felt like, I mean, I didn't think we were going to get to the NFC Championship game that year if you would ask me at the start of the year, but 
it just felt like, okay, the tides have turned. Like, this is not the same Saints team. And, like, we, we were a contender ever since then. We had we had off years. We had down years throughout that stretch from then to now, obviously. Um, obviously, the three straight seven and nine years. I think I want to say 2007 we had a down year, too, if I remember. I don't. We didn't make the playoffs that year. Yeah, so um, 2006, we go 10 and 6. We get our first round bye. We're the second seed. Mm-hmm. Chicago's the first seed. Well, we beat Philadelphia in the Superdome. Then we have to go on to play um, Chicago at uh, Soldier Field. Yep. I went to that game, um, and it wasn't pretty. <laughs> it was snowing. It was super cold. Um, the offense really didn't do much other than a big old uh, touchdown by Reggie, Reggie Bush, Bush, in which he pointed back at Brian Erlacher. But other than that, the offense didn't do much. And um, we lost that game 2007, 7 and 9, 2008. I believe we were 7 and 9. And then in 2009, everybody knows what happened. Yep, starting out 13-0, and winning the whole damn thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, when we lost to the Bears, like, I was disappointed, but it's like it didn't feel like we were supposed to be there. Like, I don't know, that was just for me. Like, it didn't – I was happy with how – I wasn't happy that we didn't make the Super Bowl, don't get me wrong, but I wasn't like – we didn't have those expectations going in. Like, going in this coming season and last season and the season before that, it was Super Bowl or bust, like – but in 2006, it was like, holy shit, we're just happy to have a team. And then it's like, okay, we're fucking good. So, I don't know. I wasn't like... Yeah, it definitely wasn't the same level of expectations. And um, New Orleans Saint football has started to get the same expectations that uh, all the football fans have for LSU in this state. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, it's it's win it all. Every year, it's a we, failure. yeah, it's championship or bust. Yeah. So, all right, so you have Joe Horn at three. Yeah, I've and got, Joe Horn was a part of that 2016 oh yeah. part. And I've got Gleason at three, so who's your number two? Another guy who was a part of that team, um, Deuce McAllister. Yeah. Had a big game in that uh, Philadelphia win at, at, in the Superdome for uh, the playoffs. Yeah, I, I'm i probably going to have to go Deuce, too, to be honest. I mean, I was thinking about it for a while, and I was like, so – Fuck. I don't even know. I don't know. I might take Gleason off. I might have to throw Sammy Knight at three just because of in my lifetime. I mean, yeah, I think I got to do that. I got to take Gleason off. Uh, I mean, I, I wear his wristband every day for the last four years. So it's not like I'm not supporting Steve uh, Steve Gleason. But, yeah, I'm going to put Sammy Knight at three. And I'm going to have to go deuce it too as well. So, I mean, just for our lifetime, that was the best running back we had, like, Obviously, we had Ricky Williams, but then Ricky Williams left very soon. Yeah, Deuce McAllister I, is I a really, Saints legend. But I thought about putting Pierre up there, too. No, Pierre Thomas was was good, too, but just me as a kid, you know, these are my favorite players. Yeah, Pierre Thomas, I was a little bit older watching him, so it wasn't like as I get older, I don't have as many favorite players, yeah. really. It's just I enjoy the game, and I, I watch the game and enjoy all the players. But as a kid, you know, you had – that was your guy. Oh, yeah, it's like your Deuce hero. McAllister was my guy. I had a Deuce jersey. Bobby <laughs> Bear signed it. And I still <laughs> and I still have an, animosity towards Bobby Bear for that because before that, my, my little sister was wearing it. I told him, hey, don't sign my Deuce jersey. You're not Deuce. <laughs> don't sign it. He signs it anyway. He's drunk or something. I don't know. 
But that pissed me off, dude. And I, since then, dude, I really, I have a little bit of animosity towards Bobby Bear. You definitely that. don't like Bobby. It's it's pretty apparent that you're not a big Bobby Bear fan. Um, yeah, I don't know why he would do that, but I mean, shit. You see black and gold. Whenever it gets blurry, you're thinking, I gotta, I'm supposed to sign this. Um, yeah, I used to, I used to also have this l- little shirt that said, "The deuce is loose." And that was the phrase we, we used to say mm. for Deuce McAllister. In <laughs> Philadelphia, they would say it the same thing for uh, Deuce Daly. Yep. So but our Deuce was well, our Deuce, and he's yeah, better. Yeah. So, all right, who's your number one? We both number are in one, agreement at Deuce at two. Yeah. Number one for me is Will Smith. I like it. When you look at um, Will Smith, he was my favorite Saint player uh, growing up while I was playing football. Yeah, see, that's crazy. So I played I defense, like, and I really liked him. I played defensive end a lot, so that was another reason why I liked him. I feel like that is not a common pick for number one. I'm not going to lie. And then you look at, like, what, you know, he, he had a long stretch with the Saints, too. Oh, yeah. Like, he was a fairly a, long career for a defensive lineman. He was a catalyst on the Super Bowl team, too. Oh, yeah, no doubt. So, yeah, no, that's not a bad pick by any means. Um, This was just my favorite player growing up. Um. I love the celebrations. I love everything about Will Smith. Yeah, rest in peace. Um, yeah, my number one, it's gotta be it's gotta be Hollywood Joe Horn. I love Joe Horn. When he pulled that uh cell phone out from under the goalpost, I loved it. I swear. He was he was just a beast, dude. He really was. I felt like that was on a team that was when like I felt like we just we weren't very good, but he was consistent and I don't know, just growing up, that eighty seven dude, I loved that eighty seven. So yeah, and um, yeah, Joe Horn was my number three. The only reason he probably would have been number one on my list. I'm not gonna lie, but him moving over to the Falcons, yeah. he freaking wore a free Mike Vick shirt underneath the jersey when Mike Vick got, you know, sent to the penitentiary for uh, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, and now Joe's heading to the penitentiary as well. So not, not good. Um, surround yourself with good people, I guess. But no, yeah, you still made. Top on my uh, my list, Joe. But I, yep. I, this is all time. I mean, I almost could have fucking put Michael Thomas on this list. Oh yeah, I mean, uh, I shit, you not. It's like, just a little soon, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's it's he'll, a little he'll too be early. there for sure later on. But no, yeah. You give me five years, and my list will probably read fucking Drew Brees, Michael Thomas, and Marshawn Lattimore, depending on what happens. But yeah, and before um we move on, I had a few players I wanted to give a mention to that. Right. We're in consideration. One of them was Sammy Knight, just like you. Yep. You put him in yours. Um, one of them was Jeremy Shockey. Really? Yeah. I mean, he caught a, he caught a touchdown in that Super Bowl. No, he did. But didn't he? Uh, didn't he like turn on us? Didn't he go to somebody else and give him like some inside information? <laughs> I don't know. I think I heard that. Was I it, could be wrong. Um, does Jeremy Shockey make music? No, you're thinking of Kyle Turley. Yeah, well, Kyle Turley's on my <laughs> list too. Um, somebody used to have a hamster named Kyle Turley. They <laughs> have one named R- Willie Rofe too. I didn't like the hamsters, but um, and then another guy who probably would have made this list if it weren't for his um, off the field actions is Darren Sharper. Yeah, Darren Sharper. Um, was Darren Sharper was a bad, bad man on and off the field. Um, no, yeah, on the field. That dude, it seemed like every time he touched the ball, it was going to the house. Um, 
Yeah, but he was a bad guy. He um yeah off the field gave drugs to girls yes. to make them fall asleep the, and then yeah. did bad things after. <laughs> if it wasn't worse to sneak them to drugs in the first part. No, yeah. Again, on and off the field, he was taking things to the house, and just off the field, they didn't want to go to his house. Um, so he's in prison probably for the rest of his life, if I had to guess. Um, I mean, I don't see why they should let him out. No, yeah, fuck no. Um. Some people are just fucked up in the head, dude. But that season, though, he was damn good. Got to give, got to give credit where it's due there. But yeah, no, he's a shitty fucking person. There's no excuse for what he did. Um, what about Reggie Bush? Does, did did you give Reggie Bush any consideration? See, Ryan in a live stream actually said that Reggie Bush is his top three favorite saint of all time, and I was like, really? I said, I don't know that he would crack my top three. He. I don't. I think he was saying favorite. It wasn't best, um, but I think I was commenting from a standpoint of best. I was like Reggie wouldn't even make my top three best running backs, let alone Saints. Um, but yeah, I mean, I loved when we drafted Reggie Bush. I really did. I played the NCAA football games back in the day with with Reggie on the cover, and it just wasn't fucking fair. He had the best highlights on YouTube. The dude was a fucking freak. He really was. Um, so when who went first? Mario Williams went first to the Texans, I believe. Yeah, I mean, everybody thought Reggie Bush was going to go number one overall. Um, it gets like maybe a week before the draft or maybe even uh, not that much time. It, it comes out that the the Texans are planning on drafting Mario Williams. Yep. Well, the Saints pick second. Yep. Everyone knows we're getting Reggie Bush. Yep. Season tickets sell out. Yep. Dude, I mean, he You was, talk about the Zion effect. Reggie Bush did this as well with, with the New Orleans Saints selling out 70-something thousand seats. I mean, the guy was a fucking superstar in college, dude. I, I swear, other, he's the best college running back I've ever personally seen. And the number two that I've personally seen is, I, I call me a homer, but it's Leonard Fournette. What Leonard Fournette did blew me away. Um, but, as running back? Yeah, running back. Um, but I would put Reggie Bush up there as one of the best players overall. The best, oh, there's no doubt. The best college football player I've ever seen. I'll still to this day, I'll always say it's Tyron Matthew. Um, what he was able to do on offense and defense, like or not offense, but punt returns and all of that. But it just seemed like he was scoring more than our damn offense sometimes, playing safety and playing in the slot and all that, like playing all over the field, forcing fumbles, taking them to the house. Every time he touched the ball, I felt like he was scoring it. Um, but that's another discussion. But, yeah, no, Tyron Matthews the best college football player I've ever seen. But Reggie Bush is up there. When Reggie Bush touched the ball, it was like, holy shit. He was juking everybody out their shoes, reversing field, just doing incredible things. And it was like that flashy, fast, sharp cuts, like the shit you wanted to watch, like making highlight tapes. And then the next thing you know, he's coming to New Orleans. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, yeah, he was definitely – the level of stardom that he reached at USC was just Oh yeah. I mean it, he, it's he was crazy dating because fucking yeah. Kim Kardashian. He's in LA. He's the best football player considered by many people in the entire world coming into the NFL. Yep. Um he's got a nice smile, diamond oh, yeah. earrings. Oh yeah. So you know, he, he fits dude. the part. And um Me and me and Alex. That's met why Reggie. that's why he, he, we sold out of tickets was Reggie Bush. Oh yeah. Yeah, I got a picture of Reggie down in the living room. And since then, we've sold out every season, so. Yep. So, 
Yeah, no, I mean, you could give an honorable mention to Reggie Bush just for favorite all time. Like, when we got Reggie, dude, it was just that, like, every time he touched it, you're like, like, you're waiting. Like, oh, this could be the one he takes to the house. What he did against Arizona, that was one of the best runs I've ever seen. Yeah. The juke, juke right, juke left, and the two defenders jump into each other, and then he's just off to the fucking race. He definitely had some special moments. Pittsburgh um, jumping from, like, eight yards out to the end zone. You oh could say God. maybe he didn't live up to the hype, but I think that's a little bit unfair. Yeah, the running back's a hard position in the NFL, especially I, a player like Reggie Bush, uh, so versatile. He, I can guarantee you, every scouting report, one of the keys was stopping Reggie Bush. Oh, yeah, no, he was— The defensive scouting report always, against the Saints was yeah. stop Reggie Bush, number one. No, they always had to have a guy watching him. Yeah, no, I, I was kind of that, that person who said he didn't live up to the expectations, but the expectations were so sky high that it was unrealistic. For him to live up to those expectations, he would have had to go down as one of the greatest running backs of all time. So he went to Miami, had two straight 1,000-yard seasons, if I remember correctly. He went to Detroit and had a th- their first 1,000-yard season in, fuck, probably the last 25 years, I at least 20 years. You know, Barry Sanders, I think, was the last one before that. Yeah. Um. So, and then he slipped. Running off the field, slipped on the concrete, and I think he sued. Uh, he sued one of the football teams, and he won. Got a nice little chunk of money. Um, but yeah, no, Reggie's got to be there on honorable mention. I would say, I think that's fair. Yeah. So that'll wrap up our top three favorite saints of all time. For me, you got number one, Joe Horn, number two, Deuce McAllister, and number three, Sammy Knight. Your top three are? Number one was Will Smith. Number two was Deuce McAllister. And number three was Joe Horn. I like it. Yeah. I mean, we're pretty much pretty much an agreement there uh i did like will smith too but i get it you played football and on the defensive side of the ball so it was a little different little different standpoints um all right so breaking news of the day literally like 30 minutes ago this news just broke um ufc 249 is officially canceled uh dana white is it's pretty much out of his hands at this point uh he's being told from espn and disney guys to stand down uh he was doing all he could do to make sure that this goes on i mean the guy literally bought a fucking private island and was going to hold the international fighters there to fight um and then he went and got an indian got in touch with the people on the indian reservation one of them and formed came to an agreement with them to host the fights on the indian reservation where the u.s government would have no say on what can go on over there um so he was going to do everything that it took um but yeah so april 18th ufc 249 is no more uh there's going to be a lot more coming out on this i'm sure but the coronavirus took another one from us and now we're going to be bored a little bit longer so how are you feeling about ufc 249 uh, yeah, I have two different feelings, you know, on the one hand, I'm super disappointed because I was going to try to bet on this. Oh, fuck yeah. And, but on the other hand, y- you know, you get a guy like Justin Gaethje, what if he beats Tony Ferguson? We are probably never going to see Tony Ferguson and Khabib yeah. fight. Yeah, no, that's a good So point. to me, it was a little bit risky because to me, that fight, the um, Ferguson-Khabib fight has to happen. And, you know, it just may have not have happened if, if Justin Gaethje would have beaten Tony Ferguson uh, in a week. Yeah, I don't think Gaethje would have won. No, uh, I don't think either, we but were I mean, gonna he's give definitely out, got a chance. No, no, he does. We're going to give out our predictions next week, uh, which will no longer happen now, obviously. But Gaethje's got that style. Um, 
that he's going to just come forward the whole fight. Um, and that's what he said. He He's going to meet you in the middle of the ring, and it, he just keeps coming forward, um, which is an extremely exciting file to extremely exciting style of fight to watch. Um, but it, it almost always ends in a knockout. He got knocked out by Eddie Alvarez. He got knocked out by Dustin Poirier, if I remember correctly. Um, but, I mean, what we've seen with Tony Ferguson over his last few fights is that he, really every fight that this guy's fought, he likes to get hit. Once he gets hit is when he wakes up. He gets rocked almost every single fight. So Gaethje could probably catch him, but... Ferguson would catch Gaethje too, and Gaethje gets to the point to where he's his legs just go. His legs are not there once he gets hit, um, and he just really he struggles to recover. So, I think Tony Ferguson would have finished this fight. Um, I'm sure you could get some decent plus money on Gaethje. You would have been able to, and so I would have probably took Gaethje just for having a puncher's chance. But Gaethje's definitely a guy that uh, deserves respect and. I mean, I think we're going to be seeing a lot more from him. He's an exciting guy. People want to watch him, so he's going to continue to get these fights. Um, but, yeah, very disappointing. Canceled thanks to the virus. Um, I, I don't really know. That that was that was a little bit to keep us going. Like, we had a little bit of hope left, um, something to look forward to. Now we've got the NFL draft to look forward to. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Hopefully this can all be taken care of sooner rather than later. But you got any more on UFC 249 that you want to talk about? Um, no, I mean, I just, if I get to um, say anything about how I thought the fight, yeah, I think uh, Ferguson was going to bust him up with the elbows, you know? Yeah, you're saying specifically with the yeah. elbows? Yeah, I mean, it's what he does to everybody. Yeah. He really busts people up. Like, if you look at photographs of uh, people after they fight Tony Ferguson, it looks like they got hit more uh, with more than just body parts. Yeah, no. You know, it looks like a man got hit with a pipe or something. Yeah, he is a beast. And wouldn't put him past him to put a pipe in his gloves. So <laughs> put some, like, a shard of steel. Uh, yeah, no. Tony Ferguson's a beast. He, he I, I do think him and Khabib will fight eventually. And I do think he will give Khabib his toughest test. I've said that for quite a while now. I think uh, Tony's just weird, dude. He's weird. Like, that's the only way I can put it, like. A lot of people get psyched out from Khabib just from looking at him, but Tony, I feel like he's too stupid to like even be worried about it. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, he's not. I don't think he's stupid. I just think he's definitely strange. Yeah, yeah. stupid. I guess is a bad word. He's just Khabib so out called there, him like, stupid. Yeah, he said Tony, good fighter, stupid guy. Khabib's kind of stupid though, but, yeah, it, Khabib, but it could be because there's the language barrier. So yeah, that that's what it is. Probably, but until further notice, he's stupid. Um, but yeah, anything more? Nope. All right. Not on UFC. Yeah, yeah. So last thing we're going to talk about, uh, we're, pro, we're a little past the half-hour mark here. We are the college football over-under win totals were released by Caesar Sportsbook. Um, so a little back to normalcy, I guess. We're going to go over it a little bit. Uh, feels like old times, talking future bets. Um, Nick's got a couple teams that he likes, and we're going to go over the LSU schedule as well. Um we're not going to spend too much time on this because we are definitely going to come back to this later on. Uh, obviously, it's up in the air if there will be a college football season, but we expect there to be, so we will reconvene on this uh, a little bit later as we get closer to the start of the season. But, all right, give us a team that you've circled first and foremost. Okay, so I'm going to start here. Um, two of the teams 
that I like I like to go over as an early bet, you know, before long before the season's going to start. It's in the Pac-12 conference. You got Oregon and you got Utah. They faced off for the Pac-12 championship. Oregon beat the brakes off of Utah, and you and I won money. Brady Breeze, baby, best player on the field. Um, But you got Oregon here. Oregon had 10 wins uh, last season with Justin Abair. They won a lot of close games. Herbert. Justin Herbert. Uh, they won what they won some close games, but now Herbert's gone. Yep. Uh the win totals is at nine and a nine and a half. Nine and a half. So they're saying so if you if you bet the over, they're you ha- they have to do at least as good as they did last season in the regular season. And you're losing probably a top five pick in Justin Herbert. Um probably gonna go, I would assume, to the Chargers, uh, which uh, he might be six. I don't know where the Chargers pick a top 10. We'll call it a top 10 pick. Um, yeah, who, who's their backup? Or who's going to be taking over a starter next season? Um, yeah, they don't know. It's wide open. Is and it? there hasn't had a – they haven't had a spring. Yeah, that's um, true. That's true. How much time are they going to have in the fall to prepare? You know, there's no clear shot uh, front runner in this quarterback race. So, I mean, that's a big reason why I think the under nine and a half could hit. Yeah. What is the – what are the odds? Um. Under nine and a half plus one ten. Over yeah. nine and a half minus one thirty. Okay. Yeah, no, I mean nine and a half, so they I mean they can get a nine win season and you're still cashing in. Um, yeah, I mean you look at last year who so maybe you gotta take in consideration I don't know, I don't think they play a team like Auburn to start the year. Yeah, that's true. So non conference might not be as hard as it was last year. Uh they lost to Auburn and they lost to it was Arizona State. Yep. So they went 10-2 and two in the regular season last year. Those were the two losses. But if you look at it, a lot of their games were close. You know, they had a comeback against Washington. Uh, I think they won that game by three points, something like that, maybe, yep. maybe a little bit more. Um, Arizona State, which they lost, it was a close game. So, I mean, you, you just lose a player like Herbert, and then you don't know who's re- replacing him. You don't have time to figure that out. Uh, it seems like the under nine and a half fairly safe yeah. as we speak yeah and these are all subject to change um obviously as it gets closer uh these aren't really our i guess official lock it in picks uh i guess you could call yours if you wanted to um but if i could find a place to bet it, bet it i'd do it yeah so yeah we'll see as it how everything transpires as we get closer to it but no yeah i think i mean i'd be in agreement there i'd, I'd go in on that as well so all right who's the next one um, the next one in the it's another team in the Pac-12. Yeah, it's Utah. Um, they're sitting at a, a total of eight and a half wins. You got Utah losing their starting quarterback and Tyler Huntley, who I believe is was a senior, and then you've got Zach Moss, who was also a senior, uh, leading rusher. I've got to be in the school's history, I would think. That dude was a stud. Um, so Zach starting quarterback and starting running back out the door. Um, I know they had a top quality cornerback who's going to the draft, um, at least one. So, I mean, they're losing quality players all over the all over the place. Yeah, I mean, you look at this as we speak. At first, this one I'm a little bit unsure about. At first, I was thinking, you know, let's go over eight and a half. Last year, Utah got 11 wins. They lost one game. I think it was to USC. Yeah, and then um, they got the fucking shit kicked out of them by Texas. Yeah, in the bowl game. game so they lo- but they only off. lost one game in the regular season and that's where this counts. So, um eight and a half wins, I mean 
the, the Pac-12 isn't all that good of a conference. You know, you really got two teams that stand apart from everybody else, and that's Oregon and Utah from last year. Uh, this year, you know, a few other teams can make some noise. But um, to me, a big reason why I was thinking over eight and a half is uh, Jake Bentley, a guy who I was big on at the beginning of last year with South Carolina, but he got injured before the season started. Um, he is transferring to Utah. And they also have a um, guy by the name of Cameron Rising from uh, transfer from Texas a year ago. wasn't eligible to play last year, but they're saying that this competition could be one of the best in the in the country. That this quarterback room is very talented. Uh, Tyler Huntley was a decent quarterback, but if your t- if he, he got behind, he, he wasn't going to be able. To, yeah, he wasn't a good. Um, he wasn't as accurate as you would need to be to win his football dual, games. His dual threat ability is what made him have the success that he did, and I wouldn't I wouldn't call him a top quarterback in the country. So uh, I wouldn't put him probably in the top ten quarterbacks in the country. So with, you take away his dual threat ability, and then he's a middle-of-the-pack guy. So, yeah, no, if they can get a good pocket quarterback, then. Yeah, uh, Jake Bentley, he didn't. he didn't knock the socks off anybody, but he was definitely uh, consistent and a uh, – a decent quarterback in the SEC, which is a far stronger conference than Pac-12. As far as level of uh, talent on defense that you're going to play, the SEC produces the most talent on defense Mm -hmm. by far uh, in the NFL. Yeah. So that's the two teams outside of um, LSU that I like. Yeah. No, I mean, that's a good argument there. Um, And this is really early. I mean, you could go – you could look at a lot. What about Boise? I know you're big Boise. Let's see what um, Boise's at. Um, nine and a half wins. Oh goodness! So they got to go ten and two to cash the money. Yeah. Um. Yep. Yeah, Hank Bachmeyer. Yeah. I'd hammer it. Hank Bachmeyer's coming back. Let's be honest, dude. Let's be honest. He was a true freshman. He fucking lit it up. Boise State runs that fucking. Now conference. look, Boise State's losing Curtis Weaver on the defensive line. They are. I'm getting my juices flowing talking about college football. Curtis man. Weaver was a beast, dude. Boise State was my favorite team outside of LSU. Uh, definitely my fa- well, I wouldn't say favorite, but my favorite team to bet on. So yeah, I'd have to look at their non-conference uh, schedule with the strength of that is. You know, they played yeah. Florida State last year in the opener. They this beat is Florida one State. that I would blindly bet the house on. I, I probably bet on Boise just about every game last year, and I mean they won more than they lost without a doubt. So yeah, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm gonna be absolutely shocked if Hank Bachmeyer doesn't come out. And light it up this next. No, season. yeah, he was good. He, he was good he as made a true some freshman. freshman mistakes, but for the most part, that dude was a stud. The only issue is he takes the hits. If he can stay healthy, he's got to stay healthy. Uh, I mean, he could, dude, he could potentially be yeah. a, a Heisman guy. But that's like, what I like about him. You know, he's tough as nails, and he proved it from day one. Yep. And another thing you got to like about this guy is he's not afraid. Yeah. No, he he went into Florida State and they fucking came back down like it was like fourteen points at least. At least. I think it might have even been twenty one points and they came back and beat Florida State. I'm pretty sure it was twenty one. No, least. it was a lot of points. You thought that you were telling me the game was over. Oh, I was pissed. I bet I bet I picked him and I bet on him. So no, Yeah, I was, didn't pick him that week, but I did end up betting him on the money line, getting yeah. plus like two ten, I think it was. Yeah. And they got down early, but you were looking at it, and who, who's who's baby Ricky Williams? Mahomes? Oh, yeah. Mahomes? My fucking, yes. Yeah, yes. he was running the ball down their freaking throat, but it was like these flukes kept happening. Yeah, it these, was Mah- It was flukes over fluke. It was fumbles. There were yep. so many fumbles in this game. Yep. Um, And I'm looking at the game, and I'm like, it looks like Boise State's dominating the line of scrimmage. Yep. 
Uh, Florida State got a couple of big long passes for touchdowns. Blackman, that dude. Yeah, that was when I was okay. He might be serious. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, but they ended up coming back and win that game, and we both won money on that. Oh yeah, no, yeah, that was what started my fucking love affair with Boise State right there. So, yeah, I mean, I'm 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 all in on Boise. So once you get to that blue turf, that blue turf looks green to me because that's all I'm getting. Money, 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 money. Boise State was cashing in for me all year, and it was fantastic. And now I just fucking remember how much I miss betting on college football. But, all right, let's get into this LSU schedule. And uh, what what's the over-under sitting at? It's at nine. Nine, just straight up? Nine? Yeah, okay. nine. Um, so if you get, if they win nine, you push. Yeah, I can tell you right now, I, I, I would take the over. So, I think, I think LSU's not getting, I think somebody, I saw they were 10th. Somebody had him as tenth overall. Um, I don't see how you do, I don't see how you do that. We've got the number one cornerback in the country in Derek Stingley Jr. and then we've got the number one freshman incoming freshman cornerback recruit in the nation in Elias Ricks. The defense is gonna be fucking stacked again. At least the DBs. I mean, we and then we got uh, your boy from North Dakota State transferring at linebacker, um, Jabril Cox. Uh, I mean, dude, I I don't know. Uh, Miles Brennan got to learn behind the greatest college football quarterback of all time. And it's not like Ensminger was letting Joe Brady call the offense in a fucking phone booth. Like they, they're going to know the, the offense. I don't see us taking that much of a step back if a step back at all. Yeah. I think what, well, you know, you look at this and say, well, what did, what are the better taken in consideration? What are the odd makers taken in consideration here? Uh, we lose Joe Brady. We lose Dave Aranda. To me, Dave Aranda is a bigger loss. Yeah. Because um, defensive football and being able to do in-game adjustments is, is a tough job, and Aranda was second to none at all of that. Yeah. Game planning, adjustments, second to none, the best uh, assistant coach in the country. Mm. Um, Joe Brady, on the other hand, you know, we talk about what makes um, offensive coaches special. Yeah, uh, play calling matters, but, look, play calling was done by Steve Insminger. First and second down. Joe Brady was a third down play caller. Yeah. Uh, a lot of times, I think it was the Florida game, we didn't, get we to didn't even get downs. to third down. Yeah. So, I mean, you look at this, uh, the philosophy of Joe Brady, what he brought in, the RPOs, that's still going to be there. The um, Overall, what we did last year is not going to disappear because Joe Brady left. No, I agree. It's something, the innovation is going to stay. Uh, the, the offensive coaches that are on the staff have learned it. Um, and they're going to be able to apply it next year. Yep. To me, the worry a little bit is with defense. You lose a lot of experience at linebacker. Caleb on um, You lose some experience at defensive line. There's big holes to be filled, but um, I think we have the recruits to do it. Oh, no, without a doubt. I mean, I, I always have faith in our recruits. I mean, and Bo Pelini yep. is a defensive guy. He's he's one of the best defensive coaches in the country. Yeah, if there's anything Coach O can do, it's, it's he can recruit players to come play. That guy will get you fired up, and you want to go play for a coach like that. So I'm not worried about the recruits at all. Uh, I'm not worried about the uh, the coaches that we have around. We got Linehan as a passing game coordinator now. That's I mean Joe Brady. Joe Brady got this like super hype around him for for good reason. It was warranted. But Scott Linehan's an NFL guy. I mean he knows what he's doing. So Miles Brennan, he's got the arm talent. Been learning behind uh, Joe Burrow. He's definitely that that leadership definitely rubbed off on him. That toughness rubbed off on him. So, 
I'm not worried at all. I'll take the over. I don't, yeah, even, I think, I don't even care what the schedule is. I'll take the over nine. Before, I go in, before we go into the schedule and look at each individual game and then explain why I like the over again, um, the only thing that worries me is that there is no spring football. No, you got, that you is got, a good you're point. replacing two key coaches with no spring football. Um, how much time are they going to have to prepare before the season if it does indeed start on time? Yeah, that is a good point. Um, but, like, somebody made this point um, somewhere else about Miles Brennan. To me, Miles Brennan was ready two years ago yeah. to play in the SEC. Uh, he's just more ready now. I know he hasn't um, he hasn't had the experience that he needs, but believe me, Miles Brennan, uh, that quarterback race between him and Joe Burrow two years ago was a damn close one, and Joe Burrow edged it out because of what made him great, his yeah, leadership yeah, and his knowledge. Um but, yeah, so that – Miles Brennan doesn't concern me. You know, you got a few holes to fill on the offensive line. That's big. But I think we got the recruits to do it. On defense, I feel like we got the recruits to fill the holes as well. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm not I'm not worried about it. I'm not saying we're going to win the national championship again, but I'm not really – we're not going to take as big a step back as some of these people are trying to say we are. I don't see it, but – all right, so we, we can go through the schedule a little bit here and see what you think. Yeah, look, you got 12 games. When I first look at this schedule, I'm thinking I'm going to be shocked if we don't win. Um, there's one, two, three, four that I'm that I'm not sure about. Okay, who's that? Um, Texas, who knows what's going to happen with Texas. They got Ellinger back. They're um, coming too. Death yeah, Valley, but though. it is in Tiger Stadium, so that's something that you got to keep in mind. So I'm going to think we're going to win now, but that, that's not a gimme. It's not a gimme by any means, no. But um, I think we kicked the shit out of them, though. It's not a gimme. It's not a guarantee that we kicked the shit out of them. But Ellinger's kind of stupid. I, I learned that betting on Texas. Um, yeah. At the same time, he's smart. you got to decipher that. You just got to see it with your own eyes. He does stupid shit. Um and once it, you come in Death Valley, the crowd's rolling. Good luck. I'm not worried about them. Yeah, so I got seven that I I'm that are um they, I'm over seventy percent sure that we're gonna win these games. UTSA at home to open. Roadrunners, you love the road. There's runners. not a chance in hell they beat us. We're gonna play um Texas. So we got five straight at home. Texas, it's up in the air. Rice at home, it's gonna be a win. Ole yeah, Miss oh yeah. at home. To me, Ole Miss is still a ways away from competing in this even, league. Even with Lane Kiffin, I'm not worried about it. Right. I mean, they, they got to do recruiting. They got to do a bunch of shit to get their shit in order. Ole Miss is going to be a win. Nichols, so fifth game in a row at home. Yep. That's going to be a win. So how long How long is the road stretch then? Yeah, there's there's not that many, dude. We got a lot of um, we got a lot of home games this year. Good. So um, <laughs> Good. That even makes it But even... there's some tough ones on the road. Is it? Well, we play Bama at home. Yeah. Okay, who's on the road? Um, Auburn? Florida. Flo- yeah, we played Florida at home last year, yeah. so um, Auburn and Texas A&M. Okay. Um, and to me, all of those, is as A&M, we speak, does you A&M, A&M still have uh, Kellen Mond? Yeah. They do? Okay. Um, yeah, no, no, no. You can't call any of those a gimme. Um, but Arkansas, I feel like. We're gonna smash them, yeah. Mississippi State. To me, they're a few. They're just like Ole Miss. They're a few years for, yeah. away from competing in this league again. Even with Mike Leach, uh, South Carolina should be a win. So that's seven. 
That's seven wins that I'm fairly sure about. And then you got to scratch. You got to scrap out two of the toss ups, which I don't, we're not going to lose all of those. We're not. There's no way we lose all of those. We're going to pull out, especially we're playing the tougher teams at the end of the year. So we'll be clicking by then at least. Yeah. So um, there's five that I'm unsure about. Two of them are at home. Three of them are away. Yep. Um, that if you say we win the at home ones and lose the away ones, then we we won nine games that year. And you push. So. No, yeah, I, I don't think the under is the bet there, but I'm sure the under, you're getting plus money with the under, I would assume. Um, No, I don't think that's the case, actually. I think you're getting plus 110 going over. You're getting minus 130 going under. So there could be a lot of people that are um thinking that we go under this year. and, and then They're thinking we're only winning eight games. We're winning eight games at Yeah, most. it's understandable because um, we have a lot of holes to fill, but I think that there's – it was a good job done by oh, Ed Ogeron yeah. filling them. Um, players, I think we have the players to be competitive again. Me too. I think the offense is going to be hard to stop again. We're going to have a at least a two-headed monster at running back. Yeah, I, I, mean, I like Curry. Uh, you got Emery. And then who else? Who am I missing? Uh, Ty Davis-Price. Okay. And then do we? who else do we have coming in? I'm not sure. I'm sure it's people that are but fucking that, probably their Mr. Be, football. That's going to be the three running backs that are um, – we're yeah. going to make noise next year. So you got a three-headed monster. You got Jamar Chase coming back. You got a, a ready and able Miles Brennan. Um, how many guys on the offensive line are we returning? The majority, right? See, I think we're losing three. Are we? We lost, yeah. we lost what, Damian Lewis? Um, I'm not sure the guys were losing, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, regardless, the offensive I know line it's will three, be formidable. Um, and then you got you got Gilbert at tight end, dude. I'm fucking big on Eric Gilbert at tight end. I think he's going to be a stud. He's going to thrive in this offense. Um, you got who? Terrence Marshall. We still got him at receiver. Yeah. Um, the receiving core is going to dude. The offense. Terrence is Marshall is a top ten wide receiver in, in, in the, the country. In the country. Yeah. No, and then I you agree. got the, the number best. one Jamar Chase. Um, the there's a ton of talent best. at wide receiver. Yeah. No. I, that's what we're going to put up points and bunches. And our defense, dude, I think our defense, our corner, we're going to have the best two corners in the country. I, I, I believe in Elias Ricks. I think he, I think he's going to be a stud. Uh, if he's even half of a stud, you got Derek Stingley who will pick up the fucking slack. That dude's the best cornerback in the nation. And fucking, dude, he might be one of the best I've ever seen. So I, it's too early to say that. But that dude is a beast. He fucking had his best games when the lights were brightest. Uh I'm not worried at all. I'll, I'll hammer the over here. So I think that'll wrap up our over-under win totals, and we kind of went on a tangent there. And uh, It was good. Yeah, no, it felt good. Um, you got anything more you want to add before we go? Uh, yeah, this was episode 36, and uh, them dudes up in the B to be repping rep 36. So <laughs> shout out to them too. Yeah, that's true. wonder if they're listening. Probably not, but you never know. Um, so, yeah, that'll wrap up episode 36 of Big Easy Bets. Follow us on Twitter. Um, uh, this episode is brought to you by Hold the Mayo, www.htmsports.com. We've got blogs coming out on the daily. Uh, we've got all kinds of stuff to keep you guys interested and laughing. Um, so, yeah, go subscribe to Big Easy Bets on Apple Podcasts. We're also on Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Um, go rate us if you want. Leave a comment. Whatever you want to do, we'd appreciate it. We hope everybody's staying safe in this time. Uh, there's light at the end of the tunnel, and we're going to get through it. You guys have a good one. Who that? We stay through what we do. We 
play like we play. We be us. We be special. We smell greatness. We finish strong. Yes, from the top. One, two, three, four.